Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to episode 52 of the Roker Report podcast. We have come back down to earth with a bit of a bump. We lost again at home, so that's nearly a calendar year. 3-1 to Redden. By the way, we're with Connor and Gav in the studio today. Thanks for coming in again. How are you doing? Well, really, really disappointed. That's uh, fucking angry me, like... I don't, know, I don't know whether I'd, I'd expect it to be that bad, like... It's just killed my buzz, like... I nearly shit myself. <laughs> that you? Your hair's not quite like his. Like. Right, Ari, no need for the, nobody can see the hair. It's radio, not TV. <laughs> that that was such big news that even guarded a Roker Report article by itself. You know, it's funny, right? There's a Croatian guy that I go to uni with, and he was saying that the news story was in Croatia as well. It's on the final ship himself. We were the first ones to come out and say that he didn't actually shit himself. Everywhere well, else was reporting that he did. We got the scoop. <laughs> Pretty, pretty much it was based off a, a post on ready to go where somebody had like oh yeah he shit himself and then this kid in the row behind spewed all over and it was taken as gospel when actually what it turned out was he, he hadn't he just pulled his kicks down maybe slashed himself I mean so. Gary Lineker picked it up a couple of national newspapers picked it up the Marat day the best headline ever like what was the headline was like I'd had 12 bottles of beer and 8 Six pints sizes. of cider and I'd only eat two chocolate out my advent calendar and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then the body of the article was like uh, uh, my mum and dad are supporting us through this I think I'm going to get sacked from work oh dear so he's only he's only a young lad like, I know it's a shame I, I posted a tweet um, earlier last night and it was kind of like David Moyes fans shitting on the floor haven't won at home in a year and it's just like a, a golden era in the in the life <laughs> of Sutherland <laughs> it's I think. a golden era this is the age it, it is. is we'll tell the grandkids about this one but anyway we'll get back to the match so first half was kind of going alright until a moment of madness from Callum McManaman uh, Jimmy Lawson made a good point in his quick kicks that the team still should have done a bit better after he capitulated um, and lost his mind really but what are we blaming are we blaming the team or are we blaming Callum McManaman for this kind of incident two, two things for me I th- well I think I think the team shape going into half time um, had been great I thought obviously we'll let Redden have a lot of the ball but that was the plan to just sit off keep our shape um, out of possession we looked pretty solid like Redden never really got anywhere with the ball I don't think Wright had a save to make um, but then on top of that you've got to you've got to kind of when you go down to 10 men um, the leaders in your group have got to be able to pick the team up I guess and they've got to be able to go look alright we've got 10 men let's battle and you you got to look the likes of O'Shea and Catamore and ask why they didn't do more the, the attitude know. was absolutely abysmal like there was a point in the second half Gav you'll probably remember it about 55 minutes maybe after they scored the second two, their two centre-backs were passing the ball 
yeah. the centre circle. Oh, and for about 45 seconds, and none of our players went to even push the ball. And then after that, I think the players were like, oh, we're actually going to Was that to... when the crowd got on the case yeah. a little bit over and it? It, yeah. it was embarrassing. I've never seen anything like it, down to 10 men or not. You, you can't allow people to take the piss out of you Paul, in your own ground. Paul like McShane just... The amount of time he got on the ball was unreal. A player, a player we discounted kind of long well, ago. It's, it's happened all season, and how many times this season we've come up against ex Sunderland players and have done us over, like Myla, Daryl Murphy. Just play, players, that, players that aren't even that good, like Leon Clark. Coming. It's just typical of where we're at. Like, mm. but the most disappointing aspect of the whole performance was that we didn't build on the Burton game. Um, I, I'm not sure how the game would have went after that send off, but I, I still don't think. I, I said draw before the game. I just presumed that we'd get a draw because Red and I like. Don't know, safe as houses on they just pass the ball around and yeah. we, we don't really try to penetrate anybody when they've got the ball like that. So I was I was more disappointed with it, like I say, the fact that the leaders in the group never stepped up. Mm. Uh Catamol he's been awful this season, but that was as bad as he's been. Um just and the yellow card he got just shows how oh, such how he, a bad yellow. Yeah. Unnecessary. He's, he's meant to be, he's meant to be bigger than that, yeah. and he and he picks up yellow for something like that. He keeps making the same mistakes, doesn't he? He's he's an experienced player now. He's beyond experienced. He's you know a veteran in that side, and he, he's still picking up daft yellow cards. When's it going to stop? He's never he's never grown as a player for me. He just he's he's getting worse as the weeks go on, and his attitudes have dropped as well. Like even if he got worse, but you still putting in that hundred percent, you would be kind of forgiving mm. it. And mm. he just looks a shadow of he's, what he was. He's stuck Coleman though, because he, he's. I think he'd probably like to be playing with Dong and McNair, but well, there's a bit of an injury know. crisis and a bit of a suspension crisis, isn't there? He hasn't got all of the tools available to him, and even when all of the tools are available to him, it's not the easiest well, of jobs. You're going to be without Oviedo at the weekend, and so there's Galloway got to come in. Who he came on, he looked lost when he came mm. on. He was pointing constantly at McGeady, um, and I, I don't, I'm not sure what he was doing. Really, he was one of those where you just kind of watch him. What's he doing? He's he looked a bit out of place. I uh, think you can I tell sim- he hasn't played much. I sympathise with any left back that's got Adam McGeady in front of them at the moment, though. Oh, I really he's, do. Well, he's another one. 32 year old player, and he's just. He looks like he's thrown a bit of a strop, doesn't he? He does. Mate Grayson's not here anymore, and he. he, he don't know. He just looks like he's in a bit he of a had horse. one moment in the full game. He, he did a run, maybe like a 30 yard run. Yeah. Um, that was but the only thing he did. Graham, Graham wrote a bit for the site, which it isn't actually live yet. It'll be live tomorrow, but. um. It's the stats from the game comparing McGeady to Honeyman, and McGeady. The only thing he did in the whole game, one cross into the box. Yeah. In, in the it's full shocking, game. really, for a winger of his quality. And it appears to me with McGeady, if things aren't going the way he wants them to go in terms of he doesn't beat a couple of men, or he doesn't get a shot off, then his head completely drops and he turns into a complete one, a complete one-trick pony. He doesn't think, okay, the flashy stuff's not working. I'll go back to doing the basics. Well, mm. it's not happening on my side. I'll cover me winger. I'll hope. That the team manages to kind of branch out and attack in some other way, he just completely loses Please. loses all confidence and faith. This is a player with ninety odd international caps, yeah. Champions League experience, playing for Celtic and Sparta Moscow. Like he's not an inexperienced kid. Mm. He's a big player who should be able to step up when he's needed. Like I say, go down to ten men um, when the game had been going sort of towards our favour. I think I think you know if it went in nil nil at half time, that would have been all right. But it's a it steady a one, you know, it was a one found, goal game yeah, yeah it was a, they were the foundations to build off as the game progressed I just think that even though we're down to 10 men the likes of Catamol O'Shea McGeady um, even Gibson to an extent they've got to step up that's the concern I think for me was a kind of the bad attitude Sean I know Connor you want to you want to get at grabbing a bit because you thought his attitude was yeah. uh, well, left for, a lot to be desired for grabbing you know we 
the reports have come out all week, which I imagine have came from his agents that there's a team, you know, he might get mm-hmm. recalled. Well, that hasn't certainly hasn't come from Bournemouth because Coleman said on talk. And no, but was it talks? No, BBC Radio Newcastle yeah. did the interview and he said Bournemouth haven't been in touch. It is, it is the same thing. It is in his contract, so it's not come from it's Sunderland. It's not come it, from right, Bournemouth. It's it must have come from then on, on Saturday, for me, he was. I would have brought him off at half time as soon as we were down ten men because he did, he wasn't willing to do the things. He wasn't willing to work hard like you need to when you're down at ten men. Whereas if they brought on even put Azora in that middle position or whatever somebody who just was going to run at defenders and he wasn't willing to do it he didn't want to go for a header and you've got to ask players to go for headers when you're down to 10 men and, get and press from the front yeah as well, he, you he know. didn't do any of the basics of being a striker he got a penalty which I'm sure that he'll be absolutely buzzing with but apart from that I looked at him and I, I was I was angry he was the one I was angry with because I know he's got quality <clears throat> he's the one player we've got on the team at the minute who's probably in is in good form mm. and yet he had a Things didn't quite go his way. We were down to ten men, and he gave up, and he just dropped. Just, on, I would have took him off and fought. On minutes. a basic level, I kind of understand his frustrations because he's scored consistently all season and and played well in patches, and probably been our best attacking outlet. And he hasn't had the rewards in terms of points and headlines, and Sullen haven't been too, doing too well. So I can understand why he's disheartened. But you've got to be better than that. You've got I, to have I, a better I attitude. Think... He's a senior player, and yeah. you, you're looking at the likes of Asoro Honeyman coming through. They're looking up to him. Well, exactly. But we we said last week on the show we were talking about like Graben's going to be up for this one. He's playing against Red and the team that discarded him because he was you know not good enough. And he, he, it didn't look like that to me. To me, it looked like a player who couldn't be asked. Like that's what it mm-hmm. looked like to me, and I don't like. I mean, you can say what you want about pretty much every other player on the team that day. A lot of them didn't play very well. Maybe you question some attitudes, but his attitude was definitely the most stinging on that field. It was horrendous. Mm. I mean, that leaves us second bottom on goal difference above Burton, who we beat the other week, level on points. So it's it's dire straits. Coleman's got a hell of a job on, I think. And I want to bring this kind of rotten call debate round again because I've every time we lose it kind of rears its ugly head and I, w- I want to know what your opinion is first Connor on the on the rotten call is there a rotten call or isn't there a rotten call I think there's a there's a rotten yeah I think there is I think for me Coleman we've got what Wolves this weekend maybe not the time to do it but for me he's got to get rid of them get rid of the players like Catamore Gibson John O'Shea I mean, I, I like John O'Shea and I like Catamore, but for me, they're done. Like, I don't want to see them back in the team. But that, that, I don't that, want to see Graven. I think like I think that's two that's two separate issues. Though. Yeah. Like a, a rotten call, as in are these players producing a bad mentality and fostering a bad mentality at the that's club, what I'm saying. or to, are, they, are they just crooked? We need to drop them. We need to get whatever it is. Whether but it's, for fo- that, that's for football and reasons, not because no, it's both. The, you think it's the mentality behind the yeah, scenes as the well. The mentality is atrocious. That they're not putting in the basic effort, and all you really need. You know, with them players, they've got the quality. You can even see Catamore played a, a wonderful, like, 30-yard pass and a quick free kick mm-hmm. um, on Saturday. But and he's got it, he's got it in his locker, but he, he's he's not showing it. And his game, his game lacks intensity. Yeah, which never that never used to be the problem with Catamore. Catamore was always the one player in our team. Too intense at times, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's, he's 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 the statistics around Catamore's game on Saturday. I mean. Tell, tell its own story yeah. he barely made a tackle barely made an interception um, and this is against a team who kept the ball so you'd expect your centre midfielders to push up and, and try and win the ball quickly discard them for me um, it's the case of now <coughs> we've, we've given them what 20 games whatever mm. this season they get a chance and they've not shown it mm. we're at the stage now where Azoro came on and covered himself in glory he did yeah. really really well the one, the one so thing impressed. the one thing that the, the kids all do they might be less talented but they will come on and give 100% yeah. and they'll run yeah. around and they'll, they'll really grind. You know, because you've got to think, for instance, I don't know, um, say 
Elliot Embleton. There's one player off the top of your head, right? Really talented kid, playing for England under-19s. Obviously got a lot of talent playing central midfield. Um, how would he react to being picked for Sunderland's first team? In a, in a, I don't know, in a pre-season game or a cup game. It would be the biggest moment of his life. Like Playing for Sunderland is, is at this stage in their lives, careers, is the biggest thing that could ever happen to them. So... How how much worse could that be? Even if they're not as talented as players, like even if George Honeyman's a less, he ha- he hasn't got half the talent that Aidan McGeady's got. But what he will give you is intensity. He'll give you heart and desire, mm. and as a result, you will be a better team, which is what we aren't at the minute. We're not a good team. There isn't mm. a good teamwork ethic there. When we beat Burton, it was because Osoro came on, Vaughan came on. You know what I mean? Like. And, and, and I, I praise Gibson after the game I thought he played really well in that game but I mean the intensity that Asoro and Vaughan gave us in that game is what won it see that, that that's the thing for me with this kind of this rotten core bad eggs in the dressing room debate is that the rotten core in these in these perceived players with bad mentalities like Gibson Catamol oh shit they do have good games occasionally so I, I'm starting to think that it's, it's more footballing with them it's not necessarily a bad attitude and this all started with Di Canio hmm. who let's face it was an absolute lunatic didn't really have a clue how to run a football club spat his dummies out the pram went off it and the players kind of rightly said you know this guy's a nutcase and it's been proven really that he is his questionable political views hasn't had a job since but every time we take a downturn and inform this kind of rotten core comes and rears its ugly head we've had so many transfer windows since then we've had so many different players through the door since then mm. and I'm not sure you can just blame it on them I think it's too much of a convenient excuse to say that there's something fundamentally wrong with the kind of dressing room and the mentality when half the players have gone anyway and it was started by yeah. De Canio who was a, a, a I think it, de- I think it depends on which I think it's too, too a convenient excuse it's just right rotten call I, th- I think I think that there's there's two big issues that Sunderland one off one on the field obviously off the field we know that the owner's an issue and that the CEO's an issue mm. and while they're here we're not going to spend money when we need badly need investment in the squad on the field you've got players like Catmull and O'Shea have been here forever um, of never really covered themselves in any glory while they've been here they might be nice people they might be good professionals you know they might actually be well liked at the club I imagine they are they wouldn't still be here Bally says by Carl. yeah yeah the, I, honest, this season has just been beyond my expectations with Catmull I thought he was going to really be good in this league obviously he's finished I think that's a problem I think, I think that's one of the things we have to um, have to kind of recognise as well is there's a tendency in football to just think that once a player's hit a height that he will be at that height for the rest of his career players are humans the form goes up and down they get better and worse and I think the case with Catamol is that in the last two year two year his injuries have caught up with him and he's got worse that's that's just the, and, the and fact he, of the matter he played now. from the age of 16 didn't he yeah, so yeah. he's now like reaching 30 need, I think we need to prove to the veteran players that the place isn't safe in the yeah, team and that's what absolutely. The, I, I agree with you there I think when, some, some players are too safe but the, the rotten core idea I don't know if it's a core if it's just like within the squad you know if you're a senior pro and you've been bought for money then you're going to get played so we're saying you know Darren Gibson hasn't covered himself in glory this season Catamore hasn't Rodwell hasn't but they, they keep getting chances even Rodwell's been getting chances mm. this season to play over the, the younger players and if you played them younger players either Grayson or Coleman then that'll show them you know what you need to perform to get in this team because we've got these good players coming up and that's just a simple way of even balancing it and making them step their game yeah. up because mm. Catamol at the minute he knows that he's pretty much going to be in that team and he has been all, he's been dropped for like three or four games but we, then comes straight back in afterwards. yeah and then he comes straight back in there's, a, there's a, a tweet here from Tony Riley who says certain players seem to have too much to say at the club 
chase the bleeps I can't can't really say that word <laughs> they're shite anyway give the kids a go at least they're not frightened of playing at home you're probably right yeah that's that's the way I look at it I mean Honeyman and Azor on Saturday were the two players that really stood out if anyone was going to stand out it was them two Honeyman yeah. good work ethic and it's just effort basic yeah, effort he did and he, he made the odd good run down the wing and stuff throughout the game mm. you could see that little bit of quality he has he's not the greatest player in the world but mm. at the minute he scored a lot of goals this season as well do you know what I think, I, think it's, I think for me it's a question of hunger because I don't think although O'Shea he seems to be a good professional and he, he, he probably does care but is he as hungry as he once was probably not Catamol's the same Gibson why, why would they be hungry obviously the, the professionals and they don't want bad things said about the club and the name and stuff like that but they've proved themselves before yeah. O'Shea's always going to have that reputation of the guy who was at United Catamol's not going to change his reputation as that hard little professional anymore neither's Gibson so I, I, I kind of think that it's not a rotten call it's just they don't have much to play for coming to the twilight of the careers and they've been through so much disappointment that mm. that malaise needs how do you get motivated like, the only way a player like Catamol would probably up his levels is if he went went mm. somewhere else like another club come along he had a fresh start mm. he's like right clean slate no more negativity in my playing career too comfortable you know? so yeah yeah many of the players need that they look at them I mean there's players in like Gibson's not even been that, uh, there that long but you can see that he's he just looks a bit like uh, like a broken man I, I, I just think, think once once you've been at the highs of kind of United and then even when he joined Everton they were expected to push on and then it's just never happened for him he barely kicked the ball for two years did he yeah with injuries and stuff so you just wonder what is his motivation this leads me to another Twitter question actually from James Admonson has it got to the point where we have to use Rodwell instead of our current shite house sentiment pairing nah nah because I think if we're talking about heart and desire there's the one person in this entire club plus you know apparently Rodwell trains all week gets to a Friday and he's got an injury you know what I mean (laughs) like I think you, you, he's run out of chances. If anybody's run out of chances, that's something in his chat, Rodwell. He's never ever coming back from it. I think. I think in January, if they manage to get rid of him, even on loan, it's an absolute miracle. It frees up so so much uh, potential in terms of wages if Rodwell goes. Like he's oh, the highest paid player at the club, isn't he? Has he got another eight months? No, he's, I think he's got a year after this. Yeah, but he's the highest paid player at the club currently. I believe. Well, yeah, sixty grand a week. Because he didn't have he didn't have that relegation. Just try and comprehend that amount of money. Sixty thousand pounds. Sixty. I, I still can't believe when I say it out loud. Sixty thousand pounds. That's like three times what most people get paid a year oh, in yeah. a week. Mm. Like he's genuinely an absolute shit house for taking that money every week and, then and it not goes, performing. And then it goes down again to motivation. You know, if you, if you don't have a family to feed or you don't have to support anybody, you, you know you're going to be fine whatever mm. your performance. You're yeah. getting that 60 grand it's a week. In, it's interesting to note as well that he's been nowhere near that team for ages now. Like, where is he? Why is nobody asking where he is? What, what, like... Oh, honest, he, he riles me up something rotten. Mm. I just cannot stand even thinking about Jack Rodwell. I think he, he's stealing a living, really. Isn't he, he is. He's, he's the definition of stealing a living. Oh, what has he done for that sixty grand a week? He's in that time he's been here, he's done nothing. I, I would like to actually. We could probably work it out quickly how much money he's actually made off something well, by the end of his contract. He's genuinely, though. You know, there's a player who, again, like played for England at such a young age, like heralded, and he. By all accounts, he doesn't even enjoy football anymore. It's like all the injuries are took a toll on him, and he's only like what mid twenties, and he's like he rem- finished. He- finished. He'll probably leave Sunderland, like you said last week on this show. He, but- he reminds me of Asu Okoto in a sense because apparently he he didn't know whether it was a, a league cup game or a, a league game he was no. turned up for. And effort. he just he wasn't didn't bothered. Care, yeah, I he remember j- reading he, about that. He yeah. just came. He just came just and it, got his money. Why, I've just quickly done the maths in my head. You put the ten million fee for Rodwell with these wages over five years, it'll be about. 
twenty-five million. Oh, it's scandalous. And then we can't even. What was our net spend in the summer? Like, probably like bonuses for staying up and things like that. You never know that they, they all adds together. Somebody will probably correct yeah. my maths there. I can. I mean, that, the that's the pick. That's the Pickford money there. Like nearly. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. It's, it's it just it, it's symbol. I mean, in a way, you can't really blame Jack Rodwell either. It's just how bad well, you have been. I mean, if somebody offered you sixty grand a week right now, it's certainly not. Right, yeah, right, but I, I just I just think like, you've got to ask yourself questions as a person. But he like, must look at like if he saw all them people getting made redundant. You know, he could have gave up two months' wages, and he could have employed all them people. And he must see like, oh, I'm getting paid sixty grand a week, but all I them people there are getting that would that would imply that footballers think on a human level sometimes they don't. Well, I think I think fo- footballers exist in in their own little bubble, yeah. unfortunately, because they come through at such a young age, they're nurtured, and not- they're never outside that football bubble. I know it's, you can't generalise all footballers. Yeah, it's yeah. A bit harsh. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got someone like Duncan Watmore gave up one percent of his wages to the Juan Mata. One yeah, matter yeah. I mean, I know it, that was very Spanish. Like- the way I said that was a Juan. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it seems like a relatively small amount, one percent, but that's more huge, more really. Imagine if every player did that, you know. Well, give, that was, that's the plan. Isn't you could it? you could end world poverty with that. Well, one? even I, I always think back like grassroots football and how badly funded it is, and I just think like. Well, you were it, in grass grassroots football for a while, weren't you? And one of the points that you've reiterated is that. You, you train players for so long and then they just get hoovered up by academies don't they yeah yeah oh, but, but, and none of that money filters back down like mm. like a local boys club like the one I come from you know if we I, I can probably name off the top of my head four or five lads in recent years who have ended up going on and getting professional contracts etc and you just think that's just one club like a little club that gets none of that back there's mm. no kickback to the grassroots teams Um I know it's a wider topic altogether. Like it's but, kind of thank you, know. you, but you're not needed anymore. Type. Yeah, thing. it would be nice if the the grassroots clubs got a kickback because academies are the only ones who benefit from players mm. being developed. Really, and then and then yet the FA are wondering why grassroots football isn't isn't so hot. I can't believe that Sunderland played out such a bad performance and we went off topic. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, miles get, off. we'll get back on topic. I really want to to, to get to the issue of McManaman. We've dug everybody else out, oh. but I think he, he deserves some special. What? Coverage right. because he, that that in terms of moments that change a game, that that's up there. He, he bottled right. All he had to do was that ball came across. It might even be going I in. Think Adam Adam Matthews another yeah, little cross like that. What's he was going in, But even if it wasn't, all he had to do was was get his body on it, and he might have hit the post. He might have banged his head off the post. But you know what? If you want to see commitment off a player, if you want to show that you care, you just take the hit. You don't punch it in like a I coward. I don't. I, I just think he's maybe just like lost his mind for a second there, and that's just happened. I, I think it was cowardly. Yeah. I think he I think I think he are completely idiotic, but I just think I think it, something came over him, and that's just what happened. And you know, didn't complain. No, well, he actually, I think he realised straight away what he'd done. He was like rolling around like he'd been hurt or something. Oh, uh, right, I see. You know. no, people were saying that he, he got fouled. Nah, very, very it's soft idiotic. touch. I, I, would, I think it was Liam Moore that was closest to him. I don't know how you, know. you work fines in football, but you find him the maximum amount of money because <laughs> he, he, he so might have. He might have got caught in two minds between feeling the push and thinking I might not get to this. I best go down. But it looked to me like he was going to get that. The thing I was thinking of, if that was a Soro in that position, he would have been thrown himself at it to get that kind of That's first. That's the small goal for positive them. to come out with it. I guess is that Soro probably start against Wolves now you know and uh, I, well, I've, he'll have to won't he I've maintained I don't particularly rate Joel Osoro but I can't fault him but we've when, since he about, the team you think know? about we've been talking about the development team and how you know what's yeah. the standard you're watching him play and he's probably just bored no, you know, I, he I, gets I, the chance to come yeah. on and he really the last two games is can't short. fault him can't yeah. fault him you know we we went to leave the game early That's I hate saying that I've done, done that but we mm. did we just got bored and 3-0 we're like right let's go and what we did is we took the long walk round from the southwest corner across south stand we got the penalty which came from Osoro 
I'm like, all right, we'll stay and watch the end of this. And uh, I'm glad I did because I got to see a Soro play mm. uh, as well as he did. You know, he was the only player who looked bothered. <laughs> yeah, him um, and Honeyman. Yeah, the, him and Honeyman. Sorry, yeah, yeah. He was the only one who tried to get about the pitch with a ball and make something happen. He was doing it all in his own half the time. Um, but I guess in his own mind, he was probably thinking, getting beat, crowds started dissipating, it's dead as a doughnut, and yeah. Like, Do you not think too? At three three nil down, Azora wins the penalty. I think Gravin might have went. You know what? You made this penalty, lad. You can score your penalty. I, I, I saw something like, about this on on Twitter, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, nah, think, I think I think if you've got a designated penalty ticket, he, he, he takes, takes, he takes it. Like on special circumstances, like a player's on a hat trick and you're winning five nil or something. Yeah. It's it's put you know it's I mean? putting a bit it's putting a bit pressure on Asoro that as well. I know we're three nil down, but he's he's a young player. I know, and and, and, and if penalty. he does miss it when we're three nil down, that just compounds the misery, and then it's like yeah. he, then. The, the only, he had his moment. Like I don't think a penalty would have changed that. Yeah, the, the only he had his moment. I think everyone came away from that game and saw Sora and thought, if, if he'd have missed that penalty, then the shining yeah. light of the game would have been would have been done from our point yeah. of view. I can, I can. There's, there's a lot of like glamour in it. It's like, oh, the young lad came on who played really well and won a penalty and scored it. But nah, I just think he didn't need to score a penalty to impress people. Um, he, he'd done enough in the game when he came on to, to do that. And like I say, the small positive out of McManaman's idiocy is that. Uh, so I'll probably start against Wolves, mm. and I hope he I hope he takes a chance because one thing we've not had enough of in recent years. I, I don't think, anyways, is enough young players when they get the chance grabbing it. I mean, they've had very few chances, some of them. But you know, this is really his chance to. Will, make a mark, will James Vaughan be back from suspension? Yes. Oh, only then one game we'll, we'll, we'll be fine then against Wolves, surely. James, <laughs> James, James Vaughan's Vaughan. back. He's in he's in goal scoring form. Yeah. Like a four three three with Vaughan on the middle, Azor on the right, and Honeyman on the left or something. It's, it's <laughs> nah, a winning grabbing like. Nah, he won't well. drop grabbing. You've got to build it just about grabbing. I know we talked about my canny bit last week, but you just got to build your team around him I guess we know how lazy he is off the ball mm. can it build you know. your team on a player who's leaving I, I think I think there's like a problem the I think there's a problem as well as if you if you build the team around grabbing then McGeady's not happy either and I, and I think to build your team just around grabbing when McGeady offers so little defensively I think, I think you've just got to find something tricky. that works first and foremost like mm. I think Coleman thought you'd stumbled across that with like I say our possession will look very good I thought I thought that the way we kept our shape was brilliant. Yeah, you know. And as soon as McManaman gets sent off, it goes up. Well, we couldn't against Redden. We, me and my friend, were saying that the way that they play is they pass their old ball around the back four until you make a move, and then yeah. they'll exploit that gap. When you've got ten men, they were just gonna find. But as soon as as soon as we had ten men, they just changed their yeah. game plan totally. It's it was like it, it went it went from just aimless possession like what they were playing side to side to literally just getting the Even, ball to Barrow getting the ball to a loop goal. Their third you know. goal was an absolute worldie where he flicked it. Oh, it was it was it, it was, was a nice goal. goal. I think I, mean, a, I think if I was being uber critical O'Shea maybe could have got closer uh, when he <laughs> flicked it over but you know. I think I think it's a mentality problem as well because you mentioned we, we didn't play badly until McManaman's moment of madness. But it just shows how kind of in the in the balance, these players' confidence are at the moment because fragile, one one so, yeah. one thing goes against them and everything just goes to pieces. Coleman's got a lot of work on to restore the mentality in that dressing room. Or a get lot of work, or get or get any Can't sort of mentality. Well, the the, the, men, the mentality's there in in patches against Burton. You just need everybody pulling yeah, in the same direction. The is, I know Burton are bottom like so. Burton are the shittest team in that league. Like you look at them statistically, they are the worst team. They've scored the least and conceded the most. They are the worst team in that division and. 
we beat them two 0 you know, happy days, but we basically beat a League One team. I mean, we, we've been it? we've been mm-hmm. bad this season, but Burton have a minus twenty six goal That's difference, and we have a minus twelve. The, if you look at them statistically in terms of like they're the worst possession team in the league, you look at every single thing; they're the worst team, and they're going to go down. We got a two 0 win against them through, you know. Well, two late goals and it was an even game. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that way this time last week though. I, was I wasn't either. Really but you've it, you got to I mean? look at it. Yeah, it was a massive. Um, well, brought back down there for the bump when we were that yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. It's, 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 you know it's maybe just a way of calling. You know, expected the team on Saturday. I was expecting it to come out, and you know, you often see that home team comes out and has like a really good twenty minutes, and they might score, and they might not. Mm. And it wasn't that, and I was a bit disappointed. I was expecting the first twenty minutes to be really, you know, quite. I wasn't. Attacked. I was. I, I just thought of the Norwich game I was talking before the game to me mate and I said uh, you know this is going to be similar to the Norwich game because the the similar teams and the way they play and we're like Norwich have obviously had a bad season now but when we played them they just tried to pass it round us and it didn't work and we caught them on the break three times um, I, th- I thought we'd approach this in a similar fashion just try and keep our shape off the ball That's what we did. wait for them to, wait for them to get a little bit closer to us and just you know pounce react press push forward on the counter which I think we did we did actually have a canny few chances in the first half from, yeah. from that sort of position where they tr- they were trying to work it out from the full backs to the centre midfield players and then we were winning the ball back um, and breaking our pace and we, we came close a couple of times I mean I don't think Minoni had many saves to make in the first half but I thought we looked okay I definitely thought going into half time we, we looked pretty strong and, and comfortable and then that happened and uh the the whole game plan went out the window, uh, you know, players like players like grabbing like I say, when you go down ten men, you need every player on the pitch to press. Yeah. Second half it was like we still maintained that sit back, sit deep, let them play at us. But the problem was they they up their intensity and we couldn't deal with the numbers and we got we got overall that system as well. Even in the first half, you've got a your striker is the one player who doesn't necessarily have to keep the shape and he needs to. Mm. Make sure that McShane and uh, Liam just, Moore just try and get them to yeah. play the ball long instead of short. Th- those mm. are two two of the worst players to have on the pitch when you're down to ten men. Is grabbing and McGoody probably? Yeah, I, I think if Madjo was just that little bit fitter and maybe yeah. back two more weeks, I think he would have probably brought Madjo. Even on. James Vaughan or Vaughan. Mm. Vaughan 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 would have been perfect for that game. Yeah, because he would he wouldn't have he wouldn't have allowed their centre half that much time. He would have chased everything down. Yeah, and then um, a ball players. I, I mean, I would have. If it was Chris Coleman, maybe I would have altered the system a little bit because they, you know, them two centre backs aren't. Ball you, say, you say that, you say that, you know. But when I when I done the extra pod last week and I spoke to the Redden fan um, from the Tylehurst end, he told me that McShane's like a fantastic ball playing central defender. Liam, well, Mua, him and Liam Wera, you know, <laughs> the, you've got to think where where Stam comes from in the Ajax system. He mm. probably wants all of his defenders. That's what to be able we've not seen McShane for ten years. So. No, he, he definitely he's definitely a better player than when he left Sunderland. But I mean, he's still a Championship central defender. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Who on any given day we should be able to get the better of, yeah. you know. But what we did, what we did was, you know, we had a very good game plan in the first half, which then went on to, well, it, it counted for nothing because we had ten men, and they 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 flitted from trying to play around us to just attacking us mm. with brute pace, which we know what happens whenever a team does that to us, um, especially with players like Aluko who had a trick in them. And what what was the what was the crowd like? I didn't actually make it at the weekend, but was it was it was it an, a more inflated crowd? And I, how, I how did they react? Surprised that the crowd number was twenty seven thousand. It looked far full at me. Well, it, it was, but you've got to remember that when the when the top top balls closed, doesn't it? No, no. But when when the club announced the attendance, they they always count 
every season ticket what, regardless the same crowd? like I had mates who have not been for ages come who've got season tickets mm. they aren't ah, right, okay, the game. so there'll, there'll have been people whose seats have been counted for every week who just who came there. So, so that but I don't, then you look up the Redden fans there was probably about 400 of them there was hardly no, any there, there. there were, barely hear them on the score now yeah so you've got to count that so were the, were the fans kind of did they stick with the team throughout it or did it get a bit it got a bit heated when I think it was they, they got their goal um, and then you know we, we were crying out for somebody to just steam around and put a tackle in and mm. they were still sitting off and the crowd got a bit hostile mm. um, but then you could then it was audible from the south stand people started singing and they were like trying to overdo the, the booing and the jeering mm-hmm. it wasn't much of it but there was enough for it to be notable mm-hmm. um, but people were totally you know totally right to feel that way I said I said that after the game I think yes um, it doesn't help the players whatsoever if the crowd are getting on their case but I think we've reached the point now where it's inexcusable that we've went 21 games without a win at home uh, it's, it's ridiculous I think we, we I've mentioned this before on the podcast but Sunderland fans and the and Sunderland Football Club get a terrible press, especially from the mainstream media. All the the boo boys, the stairway fans. If you look at our record over the past year, we haven't won at home, and we've still averaged, I think, about thirty four thousand. That's incredible. Uh, we, we should uh, be getting applauded uh, yeah, for that. It, it's good you mentioned that actually, because on the website they've got a really good bit about that from uh, James Henchard um, about that. Because Coleman came out after the game and stuck up for the fans. Mm. First manager who's ever done yeah. that mm. you know he's not used the crowd as an excuse he came out and said you know the right to feel that way because it, it's been it's, it's, the play, been. it's the player's job to, to give the fans yeah. something to hold on to absolutely and, and they haven't just to go on to Chris Coleman as well did anybody catch his Radio Newcastle appearance yes yeah, it was good I, I thought he I came across it. very very well and there, there was yeah. a nice little cameo from um, a bloke that just rang up because he'd had a pint and wanted to wish him well which I, I thought, which I thought. It, was a, it, was a, it was at least <laughs> half a case of tins <laughs> <laughs> some Arangi <laughs> boom or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he on that show I thought he never said anything new we didn't learn anything really but he just it was the fact he did it aye wasn't going to say anything earth shattering, was he? No, no. But I mean, he was—he just comes across well, Coleman. That's the one thing that really comforts me about him mm. is that, as bad as things are, I do believe what he says. Like, I know, I know, Grayson came out and said the right things at first, but it was very clear very quickly that he wasn't going to back it up. Mm. Um, I think Coleman, Coleman's come into this job from a from such a high that he doesn't have to. Stand for crap. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he, he comes, come, he he comes with authority. Out. He comes with authority. Let's face it. I, yeah. You see, he coming high. He did come on the on the back of that, the um the failure to qualify for the World Cup. So it's maybe not as high as it once was. But walking into that dressing room, he, he's got he's got authority behind him. He's got an achievement behind him where yeah, he can command he's, respect. He's going to take a first. Well, December really is. There's that many games to be played in December. Um, he's got such a long time to work these players out and then January comes and it's like right I know who I want rid of for, um, for, for me we, we need recruitment in January as well and th- this brings me back to the um, the BBC Radio Newcastle he's quoted as saying there is no money guaranteed for January which is a shame so we're going to need we're going to need to move players on but he said recruitment is going to be big for us so he, he must have an idea in his mind about who he's going to bring in either on a free Loans. or in loan yeah, there's, r- got players lined up, you would th- there's rumours that Hennessy is a, is a done deal possibly I don't know how true that is but yeah. the, the thing is is it's the transfer fees that we have we've got wages like the, the wage budget's tiny compared to what it was I, I just it, it frustrates me because imagine if we could just offload possibly 
Rodwell on loan, even some of his wages, Kone and maybe in Dong, that frees up so much potential. They're the three I'm expecting to leave. Like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, well, Rodwell might be difficult, but I, I, think, I honestly think, I think Rodwell will be the three. The, of his contract. I think those will be the three the club actively seek. Do you think you they know? could just offer Rodwell a termination and just. just <laughs> he'll probably take it, like, he's probably yeah. waiting for it, but if you're his agent, you wouldn't want to move on. No. Like, you'd be telling him, just sit tight, see your contract out, 60 mm. grand a week, you don't have to do anything for it. Yeah, that's the way agents the, the the work on behalf of the client, don't they? Yeah. They're not going to be. He's never ever in a million years getting a contract as good as that anywhere else. Mm. No. So why would he move? He, he quite clearly doesn't have that much love for football. The thing is, if he can get a, a payoff, <coughs> then because you obviously you'll be paid off a certain amount of his contract. If they offered him three million, <coughs> which is I know it's ludicrous, but that's what he gets a year. Mm. Yeah, it'd, it'd be not. one of them mutual termination yeah, situations so on football then, manager. How good does that look on the books if you just? Not at all, and, and it is all about the books. At it the is at yeah, the whether or not it is though. I think we'll just tell him not to come back. Then just tell him not to come for training. <laughs> just literally just cast them off and just pay. Him but then I think that leaves you open for so much. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think. Well, th- there's a nice question actually from Adrian McCormack who says, "Which Sunderland players would do well on I'm a Celebrity?" Well, we'll just send Rodwell because then that gets okay, rid of him. So two two birds killed with one stone. I'd vote for him in every trial. I would as well. Mm. Kangaroo penis. Anus, yeah, I'd, I'd vote to keep him in as well until like the last death, so he had to endure it all. He'd, only, he'd be one of them who um, can't do the trial on medical grounds. But but no one, I would look, he'd come across really well and the nation would fall in love with him again. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Rodwell gets a Man United contract after I'm a celebrity. If you got to watch him in the shower and stuff. <laughs> that's that's what you're into, Gav. Be funny if anything else. Well, one one point I wanted to bring as well with Hennessy being rumoured, and I, I think Coleman will look to sign another goalkeeper in January. That means we'll have kind of three senior ones. Do we look to loan Steele or Reuter out? I, I don't know how we'll. I don't actually know how you deal with this. Like, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's such a let, shambles. I, I don't know the status of Mika's contract. I'm presuming he's been kept around because he's so cheap. Mm. Um, so I don't envisage him going anywhere. I think what I would do is I would rather than. I'm not saying that Coleman's going to want to bring his own man in specifically because your goalkeeper is probably arguably other than the centre forward your most important position for in us this season it's the most important yeah. because it's the position so he's going to want his own man in the goal shipped from goalkeeper goalkeeping we, errors have been ridiculous if we had a, a decent goalkeeper we would probably that's be the problem Wayne Hennessy isn't a decent goalkeeper he's not but he's more I think he's a damn sight more competent than um, he, he's oh. not he's played in the Premier League genuinely I know, but genuinely though I would rather see Stryzek or Talbot given mm, a chance well, Stryzek's on loan at like another moment, why haven't they looked at like Shea Given I still don't understand why but is he even playing anymore I don't know no whether he said he wanted a club in the summer because I watched an interview with him on Sky Sports News and nobody's picked him up but I just find he's it he's never curious. off the telly though do you not think he's probably comfortable now I, know, I find it he's also about like, 48 and he, he's like, kind of old like there's, yeah, a, there's that ex new. I know he's excellent as well, but there's that ex Newcastle right. thing. They're probably just not wanting to take cares? that. Nah, honestly, I, I don't care personally. I'd, I'd have him, but I, rather I, than giving a short term contract they were sheer given or getting Wayne Hennessy in, I would rather would give a kid a chance. Honest, but there's two, but there's two you, lads there who are good goalkeepers. You swear by Talbot, don't you? Yeah, yeah we I had this conversation pretty, last week. Well, I think he's a. I think he's good enough to be playing somewhere. Why not for us? You know, he's he's distribution's excellent. He's very big. Good in the air, he's good at gathering the ball, good shot stopper. He's got all the basics covered, Talbot. So, you know, if we're not going to loan him out, use him because he's. You know, I mean, right, right, Eric in. I know we haven't even really spoke about this, but for that goal at the near post, what's he doing? Is it the first one, I think? When the. Uh, I think it was the first goal where it's like straight at him at the near post and he just it just goes in. And you're like, how's the keeper getting Yeah, it from was, there? it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recall it now. There was even one in the first half, they came close to scoring off a corner. 
and he was just he was. I really want to like him. I just really, I really want to like him. I think, I think he's got. He's, you know, he came when he came in. He played so well in those preseason games. I know it doesn't really count for much, but I just want to do well. And I mean, the alternative at the minute is putting in Mika, who's never actually played a game, <laughs> or putting Jason Steele back in, which is. I mean, I'm not even sure that's a I good think, alternative. I think you've definitely got to stick with Reuters for the moment, but it's just it's it, it's. It's not the best option, really. Let's de- not, it's not ideal. Ch- let's face we it. We have to change. The- something has to happen with the goalkeepers in January. I just don't know how they deal with it. I don't know. What do you do? Do you? Who's going to buy any of those players for a start? Like maybe you can maybe get rid of Mika on loan, which might free up some wages. You and can then probably you- get steal or league one. How how much is Mika on though? Realistically, it can't be that much. Five ten. But I mean, if they get rid of him, then it's. A squ- you know, space in the squad, isn't it? I mean, we, we we all kind of laughed in the summer when Steele came in, and, and the Blackburn fans said that they couldn't believe they'd got a fee for them. We all thought it was just a bit sour grapes, but he he got ter- dropped. He got dropped by Blackburn. I know, and so he wasn't even first choice for them. Mm. And we bought him for. I, th- I can see the thinking behind it. They probably got off at him first and foremost. Probably got off at him. Our local lad wants to move back to the area. It's only half a million quid. Bit of pedigree you know, in the past as well. Olympic played lots, of, played that. lots of football in the championship. Probably thought, oh, it sounds great. This budget. <laughs> problem is, with, problem is, they probably didn't watch him enough. There's probably That's a reason. Who was scouting him? Well, well, this, this, uh, Chris Coleman's comments on on BBC Newcastle. One of the th- only only things we did learn, um, apart from the fact that he comes across very well again, was that he wants desperately to bring his own scouting network in because he thinks that that's kind of area the club's lacked in, and it's it's recruitment for this club is so bad. Well, hasn't hasn't our chief scout changed like loads over the last couple of years? Changing it all the time. Somebody got brought in on like a consultancy basis in the summer for like three months. I forget the guy's name. I had McKinley was a scout. I don't know if he was. I think he was just doing a bit of scouting for us. Uh, I'm not sure how all that happened. He was a friend of Moyes, I think, and I think he came in under that. Well, he's now now at West Ham. Bless yeah, him. with Moyes, yeah, with Moyes. With, uh, just to go at Moyes' West Ham, I, I enjoyed the uh, Man City beating them. It was it was even it was even better than um, the eight, like them getting beaten eight, because they were winning because they were winning. Yeah, yeah, that, it was the fact that West Ham played actually all right. And See, and Moyes' just, celebration when the score yeah, was just like oh. Just, just it was to watch because I didn't watch the game live. I watched it on match of the day last mm. night, and like knowing what was coming, it was fantastic seeing them celebrate like that. I see. I watched it live, and just to see Moyes kind of like celebrate and have that oh man, and then to see him capitulate during the game and the, his head, and he just started doing his gesticulations, <laughs> waving his hands around, getting on players back. It was wonderful. I put, I put it on Twitter that I just support Sunderland and anyone who's playing against David Moyes. <laughs> How beautiful it'd be yeah. the pods and Moyes get relegated at the end of the season. And Newcastle, you know. Oh, and that's, Newcastle. That's possible. Don't forget. Yeah, that's Don't forget possible. The revolution might have to be cancelled. By the, what, no wins in fire? No, four defeats out of five. I, I generally haven't paid that much attention to it, but I just know that they're not winning at the minute. But the, oh, it's, nice, it's a nice distraction from Sunderland's problems when you see people you don't like getting beat. That's true. Uh, to bring it back <laughs> to Sunderland, we play Wolves away on Saturday... What what are our thoughts? What do we do? The Wolves are, are flying high. They're doing well. They've well, got good players. They've spent money in the summer. Let's have a go. I think it's a it's a free shot. It's like when uh, it's ridiculous to say it like this, but it's like when we used to go to like Old Trafford. Give it just give it a go. Genuinely, see, I, I, see, I think keep it tight, me. I, I think try try yeah, not to get. I just be one five one. Didn't the, the players will be shitting it? Genuinely, uh, yeah. I think the players will be shitting it. They're not going to be looking forward to this game, especially after getting beat at the weekend. I think it could be like an Ipswich moment, like a real hammering two. away from home. Like on it, I don't like to say it. Genuinely, 
I mean, I'm not I'm not really a negative Sunderland fan. I wouldn't say I'm fairly realistic. I just think Wolves are that good. If they were playing in the Premier League right now, they'd be flying. They'd be they'd be in the middle top middle of the Premier League. They've got that good a side. You know, playing with confidence, coached in the right way. They've got a good style of play. They have backup in every position of good quality. Um, they're at home, the top of the league. They're flying. I just don't see how we come if a, if we get a draw with this to Miracle. Um, uh, like you say, maybe it is a bit of a free hit. We've got loads of injuries and suspensions to deal with, so Coleman, Coleman really loses nothing from playing like an Asoro or even an Embleton. You know, he did talk after the game about maybe having to change some things up. That's it. Drop the drop the ones that've been the problem. Throw and just throw them in. Like tell the kids, like look, we're probably not going to win. We know that they're not going to win. Take it. Just try your best. Put a free swing on it. You know, try and be creative and. I hope these kind of like these first three games, first four games for Coleman. It's going to be a bit like Conte with Chelsea. I know that's a rid- ah. ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous comparison to make, but he, he kind of plays the system which they've played. He plays the comfortable. He plays the players which are comfortable how they like to be played, and then he turns around and goes, "Well, actually, this isn't working at all." And if you look at our fixture list, we've got Fulham at home. That's not an easy game at all, and then Birmingham at home after that as well. Two days before Christmas, and but, then but Sheffield I- United. On Boxing Day, who've already beaten us this season, and they're doing home. really well. And doing you've really got to look at them Fulham and Burnham games and think when you win those two, if we're going to stand any chance. Like we've got to win a lot of games now between now and the end of the yeah. season. Still, I, I can't see us beating Fulham. Uh, Birmingham's the only one I can see. Fulham us aren't playing too well. well I think they've, they've have enough. The bottom of the league, so shit in the championship. I'm I Bolton have hot up a little bit, but I just think, think the whole league's poor. I don't think. I think the, the teams that are doing well are doing well because they've got players with the right mentality in terms of football and quality there's not much between any of the sides in this league mm. like no. Burton aside for me there's, there's a bit there's a big difference between us and the and the rest of the table we, we've so got we, we've got injuries and suspensions and if you look at the schedule 9th of December 16th of December 23rd of December 26th of December 30th of December and 1st of January and 1st of January <laughs> so it's it's a tough old schedule over Christmas we're on the bare bones as it is injuries to what more suspensions here and there oh, on the, on the oh, flip oh, side oh. of the it the kids are going to have to play well on the flip side of it if you get a win and you're playing so many games rapidly Momentum. You, can, you can get two, you can get one or two three wins you know but can I you w- see us getting a win um, I think once Coleman stumbles across what his best side is yes I do mm. I've still got a lot of faith in it. I, 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 I don't think it, I don't think we can like we were all sitting here last Monday really optimistic yeah happy with how the game had went at the weekend I know in hindsight it's easy to sit and go well actually it was only Burton and the crap like <laughs> I get that I get that I totally get it I just think that this is a going to be a, there's a lot of football still to play mm. Um. Wolves. I mean, if anybody expects us to to win there next week, they're, they're mad. So you kind so, of so we'll, kind we'll of just got to look past that game. Actually, <laughs> maybe see it as an opportunity, like you say, to play an Embleton, an Ethan Robson, just somebody different. Mm. Try something, even if it is Catamol. Right, as bad as he's been, put Catamol alongside an Ethan Robson, who's got a lot of energy. You know, he moves the ball fairly well. Embleton's a good number ten. Maybe maybe try and get him on the last half an hour of the game. Just try some different stuff. Mm. Well, the thing is, they they will have scouted the game and they'll also be thinking, right, well, these are shit, so maybe we don't have to turn up. I mean, if I'm thinking positively, the only way we're going to get a result nah. is if they I think, get... I think if, league, if teams who win leagues don't think like that, no, that's especially true. when they're on such that's a roll, true. I think I think Wolves are probably looking at this as like oh, be three points. I've got, I've got a few right. mates from university who are Wolves fans and they just they can't believe how well it's going at the moment given what they've had to endure in the past kind of League oh, 1 and, and Mick McCarthy football really wasn't the best yeah, to us when they went down to League 1 yeah. came down 
and then went down. And they, they've got owners that kind of know <clears throat> what they're doing. I mean, do you not look at a club like that and think, why can't that happen to us? Like, I know, literally, all that's I happened know. there is a, an owner with a lot of money's come in, so bought the club, then put someone in charge of transfers who's well connected. Like we done that with Defanti and it was an absolute nightmare. But this this bloke's come in, but they've spent proper money, like and on proper fifteen players, millions and proper players. Aye. the two Portuguese lads in the middle of the field. Just the whole aye, team is just quality. There's, there's just I watched them the other week and I was like, they're gonna walk this league. Mm. So good. They're better than Newcastle were last season. Without oh, that. undoubtedly because they've they've bought like Ruben Neves is like a Portuguese international centre yeah, yeah, midfielder, yeah. twenty one, twenty two, something mm. like that. And he's playing for Wolves in the championship. Mm. What's that about? Then the centre, they've got a few centre forwards who are just, well, the Premier League quality forwards, and we've got like a really shitty defence and <laughs> an injury-riddled team and suspensions and. I, th- I, I think know. it's like for for me it, the highs of like last week would finally won and Coleman and come in and like it's it's they, they do a column for us on the Rook Report site the old fan fanzine it's the hope that kills yeah. you the hope the hope you can't stand hope I can't stand the hope I can't stand and got in the end. You, 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 <laughs> you get you get that glimmer of hope and you think oh we've turned a corner and then it's back down to reality with the bat. it's probably because I was hung over when I was listening to the match prob- as well, so. to be fair we probably needed that reality check I think no. if Coleman was end up under any illusions about what this squad's like then he, he'll have learnt a lot about them on Saturday mm. You know, particularly the ones we mentioned earlier, Catamole Noche and Matt Manaman even, you know, there's a player who we spoke last week about talking about how now Watmore's injured, we need him to step up and he goes and gets himself sent off. It seems they're all doing making silly decisions though. Connor, you spoke about Vaughan shooting himself in the foot having scored and then does a silly celebration oh, gets yeah, him suspended. McManaman had the opportunity to spring launch his Sunderland career. A score a goal, and, put it and, in an open net, happy days, could ask for a better opportunity. Just not handball it. Just, yeah, <laughs> just get any part of his body on the ball apart from his hand. Yeah, He could have he literally just thrown his body forward and he would have put it in. He, he, it, left, was, it was a nice the ball. That would probably have put it in his hand. <laughs> The defender was. It was a nice like, ball. He had like scope to do a nice acrobatic finish or something. Make it look a bit flashy. Could he have just done a diving header. He could, he could have done anything. Yeah, I love a diving header. Just off, your, off his arse, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do a Danny Graham, anything. I know. Uh, I'll go around the table and, and get your score oh. predictions for the Wolves game, uh, Connor. First, um, cricket score. I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I think it'll be probably. Minimum three to nil. Wolves. That's quite good, considering how positive you are. Like I was, ex- I was expecting to see we might get a draw. Nah, no chance. Ooh, no chance ooh. of a draw. I was trying to just be a bit. Uh, I think three or four nil. Like I, I, I think that we've got too many problems to deal with to even consider winning this game or drawing this game. This is like when we used to play Rotherham, like. Twelve years ago, <laughs> we used to be like five one. This is what this is. Well, what we had a good game. side. Yeah, like, I've I've got a I've got a feeling that we're gonna like race into a two goal lead early on, and then we're gonna get battered like, like four two, five two, or something, and it's gonna be. Uh, That's optimistic. Be like, those, don't yeah, you don't even think we'll have that. No. I think we might like take a fluky early lead, maybe. I, ju- I just I think it's typical Sunderland to give us that hope again. I really do. I think that's shite. I well, you're right about that. Actually, they do tend to surprise you when yeah, you least yeah. expect it. I remember when so. we went. 3-1 up against Brentford and everyone at my house is going this is it this is Halcyon the start <laughs> the season's days. good we've got a home game next week or two home games in a row whatever it was at the time and that, oh, that yeah. one didn't turn out well no well let's hope that the, the, the score gets kept down and we're not embarrassed really because I think that's the best we're going to hope for and I'll, I'll leave you with a bit of humour as well we've got the uh, the headline from, from the weekend uh, Poogate Sunderland fan I neck 12 beers and 6 ciders and all I'd eat were 2 chocolates from my advent calendar <laughs> that is that is some headline it kind of sums our situation up in many he's ways he's obviously unorganised as well because he must have eaten these and it says something about how bad it? it says something about how bad the game was that like that, that was like national news 
Well, it's probably be welcome destruction. Yeah, it was actually. Coleman's probably Coleman's get him in the squad, man. <laughs> I was actually hit with the pie as well. Like, do you know the 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 pie story that went on? That oh, was the pie gate as well. Was yeah, the pie, pie gate and poo gate? Yeah, there was a guy throwing a pie um, onto the pitch when Redden scored their second or third goal, and my brother got hit like part of some of that <laughs> on his back of the pie. The police came down and arrested the people, and then everyone on the ground was booing the police for taking the guy out. My brother was like, "Justice, justice is <laughs> wiping mints off the back of his head." <laughs> Hashtag justice for Niall Bromley. Listen. Yeah, that's the one. Well, Damien, it comes to something when you when everyone's throwing pies in the ground. What a waste of a pie! Was it a, was it a chicken bolty pie? No, Someone threw a coin pie. in front of me. Was it was it a chicken bolty bo- pitch? Though. Was it a chicken no, bolty pie? Mince pie. Mince pie. Mince pie. Mince pie. Mince pie. Mince pie. Like a Christmas mince pie, like no, it was like a beef mince pie. That's a proper ground though. That's a four quid. That that's a proper your dar thing to do though is to toss a mince pie. Used to happen back in the day, loads. Like. I remember there's a famous story about David Ginola getting hit in the head with a mince pie at Roper Park. <laughs> it was just dripping down his face. Well, Gaza used to get thrown, uh, people used to throw Mars bars and pies at Gaza and used to eat them and throw them back. That's fair. Stuff like that. It used to be combat. Uh, my sister was obsessed with Gaza, right? Mm. And um, like when she was a kid. Was she a man? Um, no. <laughs> she was just Gaza mania took over England, didn't yeah, it? After, yeah. uh, after 1990. But he, uh, I, someone at Roper Park launched a Mars bar at him. He took a bite and launched it in the crowd and she caught it and it, it was kept in my mum and dad's freezer till about two or three years ago <laughs> like the, the Mars bar that Gazad took a bite out of dear, dear. Well, well we'll leave it on that funny note um, we're on Twitter at Rugger Report we're on Acast iTunes and what's YouTube. the other one can I, I plug Instagram YouTube because nobody follows us on oh Instagram. yeah we should plug I'm the try- Instagram I need to get better with that plug though. the old Instagram yeah we're at Rugger Report on Instagram nice oh, and consistent follow us nice and consistent yeah, right James he, he likes social media you can do your Instagram alright it's well, your responsibility after this no, that, that's great uh, more, am, more responsibility I'm dumb at Instagram I like everything else but nah right, okay. like we'll, we'll have words done. right Connor thanks for joining us right cheers <laughs> don't sound so enthusiastic <laughs> Gav thanks for joining no us no problem and we later. shall next see you next week thanks <laughs>